1: Welcome, everyone, to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast series. I am Mariah Muhammad, writer and moderator with Becker's Healthcare. I'm absolutely thrilled to have with me today Cece Connolly, president and CEO at Alliance of Community Health Plans, also known as ACHP. Cece, it's very nice to have you on the podcast today. How are you? Well, thanks so much for having me, Mariah. Terrific. Of course. Thank you so much for being on here. I'm very excited to talk to you today. Uh, But before I get in depth with my questions, I want to ask you, can you please introduce yourself and telling us a bit about your background?
0: Absolutely.
2: I'm Cece Connolly. I'm currently president and CEO of the Alliance of Community Health Plans. I've been in the role about eight years. I did have a first career, if you will, as a journalist for 25 years covering American politics and healthcare at a number of news outlets, including 13 years at the Washington Post. I also did a brief stints at two consulting firms before coming over to ACHP.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for giving us that background. I love how we both have a, a journalism background. So this conversation is going to go great. <laughs> um, so Cece, the first thing that I wanted to ask you is with your current title, what are your top priorities for the rest of the year?
2: Well, we are first and foremost an advocacy organization, and we look very specifically at the policy landscape in Washington through the lens of our members. They are all nonprofit provider aligned regional health plans. Uh, We believe very strongly in that model. We think it is best for communities and for individuals for their health outcomes and driving value. So as we are uh, working here in Washington, D.C. on the federal policy agenda, there are two uh, very exciting policy opportunities that we'd like to see get across the finish line in 2023. One is on the issue of PBMs. And in particular, we have long been out front really leading the charge in support of transparent Fee based PBMs. Uh, as you know, drug prices are just simply too high in this country, and the drug supply chain has really become a black box with some middlemen that can potentially increase costs to consumers and health plans. And one of the things that we've really discovered in working with some of our partners is that when you have a transparent fee based PBM, That organization gets paid for the good work that it does helping to uh, access and negotiate good prices on medicines, but there's no financial incentive to jack up the prices. And so for a number of years now, we have really been pressing this case, and we are super excited that the Senate Finance Committee bipartisan legislation Um, in support of that model. And now we are looking over to the House of Representatives to see if we can get that same support, get it across the finish line because this is an affordability issue and it is a terrific opportunity to take some of the mystery out of drug pricing, make it a fair competition so that companies can Uh, demonstrate the value of their products and consumers, patients, health plans will really benefit from that. So that's a very exciting um, piece of legislation that we believe has bipartisan support, bicameral support, and could actually get enacted this year. So that's number one. The other is with respect to Medicare Advantage, we are big supporters of Medicare Advantage but we're always looking for ways to improve it because we think that our seniors deserve that. And so again, in keeping with our focus on affordability, we have discovered that the system around broker payments for Medicare Advantage has gotten out of whack. Some of the big national companies that have gotten into this space in the last couple of years, they're often known as field marketing organizations. They are now charging for all of these rather creative add-on fees. I think of them as junk fees, frankly, because they are called things like an administrative fee, a marketing fee, a technology charge, a processing charge, a finder's fee, and even health risk assessments. And as a result, even though broker commissions are capped at $611 for a new beneficiary, There are companies out there that are now collecting more like $1,300 per new beneficiary. And that's just not right. And it's costing everyone else in the system quite a bit of money. We estimate billions of dollars that could be saved by consumers and plans and ultimately the Medicare trust fund. If CMS will simply uh, rein in, close up some of these loopholes, Stick with a tot- a cap on total payment or total commission. Brokers will be compensated for the work that they do. But again, it will be transparent. Everyone will see those fees and you won't have a lot of these add-ons that do nothing in terms of adding value for seniors. That one can be done by CMS through its regular rulemaking and what's called the Part C and D Rule. And we know that, uh, again, many lawmakers are now contacting CMS on our behalf, saying that they'd like the agency to do something about this. So we're very optimistic uh, that that is another concrete, tangible win that we could have on behalf of seniors in the next several months.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. That All sounds so very promising, and I cannot wait to see it in its full effect. Um, Affordability is finally getting the attention it deserves in my eyes, so I love this discussion. Um, But if we could go back to last year, even earlier this year, what programs and initiatives have been the most needle-moving for you?
2: Well, we rolled out in June uh, a sweeping policy proposal that we call MA for Tomorrow, And this is, again, because while we know that Medicare Advantage is popular, more than half of seniors are now choosing Medicare Advantage over the traditional fee-for-service medicine uh, because, frankly, they like the care coordination, they like getting prescription drug coverage, there may often be dental and eye benefits. So MA is already a great success story. But we think it can continue to evolve and improve and just keep getting better. So we've got an entire website, mafortomorrow.org. I encourage folks to go ahead, take a look. We've laid out five policy pillars. It includes things such as how we elevate quality and star ratings for the next generation of Medicare Advantage beneficiaries. It looks at benchmarks and risk adjustment and consumer navigation. In fact, our broker proposal falls under consumer navigation in MA for Tomorrow. This was a major undertaking with our members over close to two years, developing these very well thought out policy proposals, many of which can be implemented by CMS, some that may require some legislation. And we're super excited that we're getting great interest in these proposals. And so while just simply getting all of that developed has been a major achievement by our members and our wonderful federal affairs team, we know that now we need to pursue each of those policy changes. So it'll keep us busy for quite some time, but we'd welcome any other players out there to take a look, let us know what you think of the ideas, we're sure we can make them even better.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that insight. And CC, before I let you go, the last thing I wanted to uh, talk about with you is the overall experience. So the last question I wanted to ask you is, how are you thinking about growth and member experience?
2: Well, um, so I can answer that question either from our member company health plan perspective or ACHP. Let me say with respect to our member plans, they are incredibly focused on consumer experience And that's why you see them scoring very high in the consumer experience metrics, uh, whether it's MA stars or it's JD power Uh, over and over again, they're getting the top scores with respect to consumer experience. We know it's in part because they are there based in their local community. They don't drop in and out of markets, depending on which ones are the most lucrative. They're there to stay for the long haul. We also know it's because they have these tight partnerships with the clinicians, and so you get that coordinated, really seamless experience, and they've really tried to keep pace in terms of technology. So some consumers that want to do more virtual care options, they want to be able to email their doctor, get their lab results that way, um, have a virtual visit. Those are the sorts of new technology enhancements that our members have been consistently investing in because we know that different generations of healthcare consumers are looking to engage in different ways. With respect to ACHP, we're super excited. We had several new member companies join this year, and we think it's again because those nonprofit provider aligned regional health plans really do want to come together. They get the chance to interact with their peers, to focus on their mission, to have um, best practices. We have a clinical innovation team that's doing a great deal of work right now in the chronic disease space and also maternal health. So we're adding members, which is great, just in terms of bringing fresh energy and ideas into the organization, And ensuring that here in Washington, D.C., when we're talking about these policy issues, we can make certain that we're bringing the perspective of so many of these regional health plans to our federal leaders.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for those final thoughts, Cece. This has been an amazing and informative discussion, truly. So, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on Becker's Healthcare, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Can't wait. Thanks so much. Thank you.